Hello, hello, Freedom Warriors. And we're going to be doing a brand new book, Book of Exodus. It's going to carry on some of the theme from the last uh, chapter in Genesis where Jacob blessed his sons and he died and Joseph died. And if you remember what happened, the Pharaoh story where Joseph ended up buying all the property for Pharaoh and they, uh, all the Israelites ended up in slavery. They said, we will be your slaves because we have nothing more to offer you so we can get food. And guess what? Now they became slaves. And now the story progressed after 400 years, they're still slaves. And the, Moses is going to be first freedom fighter that's going to rescue his people with God's help. So that's what we're going to be covering in the book of Exodus. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been forever, but I know it's only been a week. So any new yeah. and exciting things happening in your world? Not too much. I'm not really just kind of doing the usual, trying to keep a routine, you know, doing a lot of study and um, trying to make some videos, trying to edit. You know, it takes it takes so long to edit. I have like 10 at least. Pro I probably have 20 videos I need to edit. That's what takes a long time, you know. Oh, yeah. The editing, <laughs> it takes so long. It does. Yeah. That's why like for every hour, I have to spend like two, three hours editing right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think work. um so what I'm trying maybe what I'll do is just do real short videos, you know. Even if it's it's like an hour long video, I'll just chop it up into 5 minute yeah. videos or something cuz it's like okay, I've done edit I've edited that part of it. I'll just stop there and then do the rest tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but in the end it turns out well. Um that's why I kind of bother to do them, the editing. I wish there was a way to just like do a live and I did try to find a live show that we could have done to kind of wrap up Genesis, but I guess I don't have enough subs to be able to do live <laughs> just yet. So oh, on YouTube, you mean? Yeah. So sorry. You need a thousand. You need you need a, th I need a thousand, thousand subs, or I have to do it some weird way, and I'm just not that techie to figure that out. But but thanks to a few of you who have donated, and I started advertising. And I have gotten a little growth in the subs, so maybe I'll continue to do that and get to thousand somehow. And then maybe then we can do some live shows. Uh, that would be yeah. fun. I wanted to really well, talk to you guys. Um, and we we just started doing this too, you know. So yeah. it, it, it takes a while. It um, even my my cat channel. I just got a thousand subs. It took a year to get a thousand oh, subs. Wow. Well, your cat's yeah. ahead of me then. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's probably going to be more famous than this podcast. Um, Although they're starting to, uh, they're starting to threaten, threaten me though. You know, the content <laughs> is too controversial. It's like, I can't speak on YouTube anymore. They don't let me speak there. Oh. So I thought I'd just have my cats, but even my cats are uh, controversial, I guess. Ben, oh. Did you see those new policies? Have you uploaded a video? They, they have like a whole new checklist of requirements now that you have oh, really? to go through you have to kind of sense you have to you have to uh rate yourself now like um you know like oh, is there nice. any is there any controversial content you have to check a box like one to three you have to like rank it it's pretty bizarre like uh and what happens and there's all, and you're not you're not supposed to comment on the narratives oh yeah well, <laughs> you can't talk about what's happening no talking about current events. That's almost that's really like like that's basically what they're saying. 
Well, guess what? That's the book of Exodus. <laughs> Everything that's going on right now is Exodus. Our pharaohs. Exactly. Are that's what I was thinking. This, I was like, well, this is kind of like what's happening now. <laughs> this is this is oh, it's uh, exactly like that. Wow. Like, you know, because there's a story in uh, where the midwives were instructed to kill the firstborn males, and they didn't. So it's kind of like the same thing. They're well, just yeah, we're going to see people. that. Yeah, the nurses. They're like kind of like nurses, right? Yeah. They're, they're like medical, the hospitals. When that happened with the whole nurses and stuff, I thought of this story immediately. It's like, are they going to, doctors and nurses, are they going to like follow God? Or are they going to follow the law, the Pharaoh? We have, we, yeah, well, there's, uh, we'll see both types of people, I guess, or we yeah. we have. You want me to read? Uh, of course. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. So uh, let's start Exodus 1. Now, these are the names of the sons of Israel, which came into Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the people who came from the seed of Jacob were 70 people, but Joseph was in Egypt already. 70. 70 is kind of the same number of nations as, uh, it's one of those, you know, numbers important numbers that continue yeah. the same theme over and over and they're, they're kind of becoming a nation now you know before yeah. it was just kind of a family and some some uh, strange children <laughs> who uh <laughs> tortured their who, who uh bullied their brother joseph died as did all his brothers and all that generation nevertheless the sons of israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied ah kind of like they're supposed to yeah. Back in uh, Adam, that we've seen that like 25 times already. Whole book of Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. And God yeah. carried out his plan. And here we are. So I guess it's working. Yeah. So they're in Egypt and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Yeah, exactly. God is uh, fulfilling his um, his promises. And so, so are the people, it sounds like. And now there rose up a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Surely the people of the sons of Israel are more numerous and powerful than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when any war breaks out, they also join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Now, the last part there where it says escape from the land, it's actually a mistranslation. It should be uh, take possession of the land. It's a Hebrew idiom, which is used like three or four other times in the Old Testament and it always refers to um, overcoming the land or like a flood. Uh, it's used uh, in, in the context of a flood will take over the land, something like that. So take possession of the land instead of escape from the land. Probably a better translation, according to some scholars. Uh, Do you think yeah. other translation is the same word? Yeah, yeah. I think most English translations somehow got this wrong, but... Um, that's what I've heard, you know, from uh, Hebrew scholars and commentaries. They, they're saying that because it makes no sense if you read it like this. Anyway, <laughs> they they want them to leave the land, right? Yeah. So they're going to fight against us and take possession of the land. That's what they're afraid of. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a Hebrew idiom, which which you know it's understandable that translators don't catch those right away. Even the modern translations kind of. Uh, or use the older translations for reference. They don't want to veer too far away from like the KJV or something. And so they, well, they kind of keep, keep making the same mistakes over and over. This translation doesn't do commentary. It just basically 
uh, uses modern words for one for yeah. one for King James version. Oh, okay, that's that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's just like it's like a a, revi- a a modernized version of the King James. Yeah, exactly. With yeah, so that's that's why. But that's that's fine. I mean, it's you're going to find that sometimes in any translation, especially in the Book of Exodus. There's a lot of things that you have to kind of look at the Hebrew to see what it really means. We'll so where do you look up the Hebrew stuff? Commentary books by uh, wow. Bible scholars. Yeah, but then what if they're more. wrong? What if they're just commentary? Well, then yeah, well, it's just like um, well, a commentary is like a, it's like a book about Exodus or about Genesis or something, and it's it's a it's a. Uh, I mean, these guys know Hebrew. They're Bible scholars. They're professors. You know, they that's their job. It's it's like you know, it's like, like you got a problem. You call the plumber, you know, well, well, what if he doesn't know how to fix the problem? Well, then you call a different plumber. <laughs> <laughs> or you try to do it yourself, but you might make it worse. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's kind of like that. There is a certain amount of expertise involved in dealing with uh, ancient languages and things like that, you know. But uh, but did God really intend for everyone to go start looking into Hebrew and other PhD level stuff? The whole gospel whole no. book is written so everybody's from the child to the older person can read it. Well, it was written in Hebrew, but some sometimes the English translations are not uh, exactly the best. That's all it is. We don't have to make it into a huge theological issue. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's a translation of the Hebrew. You know what I mean? All right. So, so you think uh, that would have meant that to possess the land? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So I guess p- people get a little threatened when they think, "Oh, my English Bible is I can't trust it now." It's like, well, in th- right here it's a Hebrew idiom that means take possession of the land instead of escape from the land. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Calm well, down. Well, what is this whole paragraph <laughs> trying to even convey? Okay, so let's deal with them wisely with them, lest they multiply. It came to pass when they any war breaks out they also join our enemies, fight against us, and escape from the land. But it could go either way, I think. I think it, the proper way to read it, like you said, would have been, well, they would possess our land, right? That's what they're worried about. Or, yeah. because they're slaves, they're worried no, the, they yeah. escape from the land. So you could read it that way, too. Are they slaves? Yeah. Right now, at this point? Yep. They're not. No, no, they they're are. not slaves. They don't start out as slaves. No, right after the famine from the last book, they said we will offer ourselves as slaves. They owned nothing at that point. Pharaoh owned everything. And then Pharaoh started having them work for them as slaves. So this is just a recap saying. Yeah, but 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 see, now they're saying there's too many of them. There's too many right. slaves, but they're not. The slavery gets it, it gets worse. See, it's not so bad, really. It gets worse. Whether they're slaves now or not, it's going to get a lot worse. It will after that. And they're going to try to, they want to reduce the population. So, yeah, just like now. They would want them to leave. Like if they were all going to leave, that would be what they want. Well, I'll take your word for it that this is. It's not my word. It's uh, possessed the land. But I mean, I'm just saying it could go either way. That if they thought the you know Israelites were their property, but, but you're looking at the yeah based based on your examination of the Hebrew. I haven't examined it. See, no, that's what I'm saying. You're you're using a translation to yeah. to make that conclusion, but the translation already includes someone else's interpretation. But see, this is not the original version. 
we, we just have to accept that as English speakers. Like, we're not reading this in the in the original language. Right, but what I'm saying is since it's translated and God kind of ordained all this, then he's got to have us read it the way we're reading did, it. Did God translate this into English? Well, he used people just like <laughs> he wrote it. So why what about the Chinese version? Is that is that uh, what's the what's the only well, they one? They don't use the Chinese version everywhere. They only use the English in version. In China, they have the, this is translated into every language in the world. Wasn't it the first translation was in English after Greek and Latin? Like, Latin. Yeah, after Ethiopian, that. Syrian. There was lots of different translations, different languages. Well, English, whatever English language is not that same. God yeah. ordained, I think... This is going to come up a few times, so it's just, you know, just... I mean, you don't have to believe the scholars who, who have studied Hebrew. You can just not believe them. Well, I don't have any problems but with... But I might, I might mention it. Don't believe anything I... Don't believe anything <laughs> I say or anyone says. Believe the tra be, believe the translator. <laughs> I am trying to be consistent with. So you have to trust somebody at some point. You yeah. got you, you know at some point uh, you got you're going to trust the translators of this or other people who have who think this might be translated slightly different. Which is fine. So like, anybody and I don't think it's it's not going to change. Uh, hmm? It's it's not a major it's not a major. Uh, verse that affects us deeply anyway you know what i mean so no but yeah. i guess oh throughout like how do we read it where it's consistent if it's a if, if the translation is really um off then i might make a make I'll, I'll say something i'm gonna i know there's other parts of exodus where i'm gonna say well other people have said maybe this is a better translation or this might okay. be what it means so, I'm fine with possession of just, the Just ignore me when I say it, <laughs> but I'm still going to say it. <laughs> All right, well, just... But again, you're looking at other English translations. It's the same problem. Well, my fallback is really the King James because Another I translation. They're all translations, but I feel like, you know, God has to choose something that's a standard because otherwise anybody's version would rule the day. And then that's how all the confusions. All right. All right. Well, I get, there's three other verses where the same Hebrew words are used. And one of them says, but a flow of water would come over the earth. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, it's used there, come over the earth. It's translated in Genesis 2. Verse 6, okay. Exodus 1, 10, that's the one we just read. Hosea 1, 11 says, uh, uh, and they shall take possession of the land. Well, here's what the... It's the same Hebrew. Said. The same Hebrew words in other places in the Bible are translated as take possession but look, this or is come over. James so version. It says, so, so let's get them up out of the land. That's not even trying to say possess or escape. It's specifically saying... Get them up out of the land. It doesn't matter what King James Bible says. What does the Hebrew say? Well, let's read Hebrew because I, I don't know where you're getting it from. So let, is there a way? From the Hebrew. The Hebrew is this same words in Hebrew are used in other places. In the, go to Genesis 2.6. What does that say? Watered the whole surface of the ground or covered the whole surface of the ground. That's that's the same word in Hebrew. The same words. It's a phrase. Watered the whole sur watered the whole surface of the ground, or covered. What's the Hebrew word? Well, I'd have to look it up here. It's. Um, I mean, we're we going to want to study Hebrew first. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, if you're comparing Hebrew, I would like to know where you look. It was written in look Hebrew. Look it up. I'm using right. Logos Bible software, yeah. and I'm reading a commentary. The commentary is called uh, Exodus New American Commentary by Stuart Douglas. Douglas Stewart, actually, is his name. Douglas Stewart. Then we could just skip over it for now. I'll, I'll look it up next time and see if there's a way I could do the same. 
search with you for Hebrew 11. All right. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their labor. They built for Pharaoh the uh, storage cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, so that as a result, they abhorred the sons of Israel. Now, these storage cities are probably um, military, uh, strategic uh, kind of fortresses or something like that. And oh. also, you know, for storing things for the future. Yeah. But it probably, because, uh, you know, it sounds like Egypt was a bit afraid of being invaded and they didn't want these israelites to you know side with the invaders and uh, they saw them as a threat and that's why they end up killing the men because the men would be part of the would be soldiers yeah. uh, against them i think that kind of relates to what i thought about how the future could play out where the ai would think the men are a threat and they wanted to kill him and then he also wanted to kill all the firstborn men the way i play like they were trying to make everybody feminized all the men into feminine and if that didn't work yeah. <laughs> i think eventually maybe they'll gonna eradicate all men well is look at the, even the even the military is there's a lot of transvestites in the u.s military in fact the one yeah. of the you know one of that there's they have that they have that uh five-star general oh that crazy uh, one oh my god yeah although that i don't know if that person's is that person that person is head of something yeah so yeah obviously yeah the, it's, it's kind of like you know like my cats you know i was thinking about this yesterday my my large male cat i have is quite mm -hmm. large and strong but he's castrated mm -hmm. and neutered right so he's kind of gentle as well he's gentle around people and i thought yeah. if this cat was not castrated he would be he probably would have ran away by now <laughs> you know, out, well, you know. he'd be more aggressive, right? Because they have. Well, he, he, yeah, he'd be out. He'd be out. Yeah, I mean, uh, just look at a cat, a uh, an un, an uh, a non neutered male cat in a neighborhood full of other female cats is going to be a kind of terrorize the neighborhood, going to cause yeah. all kinds of problems. So they're kind of using the same logic with people now. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I think they're. I think men are going to become a threat because they're. Not only made like feminine, but they're becoming more docile too. Like, oh yeah, go to Japan. Japan, they carry, yeah, walk around with purses. Oh really? Makeup. Yeah, they have oh, cosmetics. God. I mean, they're 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 all they're very androgynous, and and the population in Japan declining more than any other country in the oh, world. Oh yeah, it's crazy because they don't they don't want to marry anymore. They started marrying their avatars, like the. AI <laughs> girlfriends, they're enthralled with them. So the women yeah. and men don't seem to want to connect and have, so they have a huge population problem now, aging population. But yeah, that whole makeup thing is starting to happen here too. Target. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Started oh, yeah, advertising. Yeah. You know. So anyway. Yeah, they, they, they passed a law in California that like there's, you can't have uh, separate men and women's boys and you can't have separate boy and girl sections of the store oh. they're eliminating the dis distinction yeah. between men and women uh, uh, across the whole society and that's part that's part of it's exactly what they're doing here it's a way yeah it's a way to neuter and to because the men are a threat right the men are a threat, threat. When, you, when you when you're trying to enslave a population the men are a threat they close the gyms or right? that kind of stuff you know yeah they don't and, uh, want them strong they don't want any masculinity they they even there's a whole bandwagon of even women, you know, that's all false agenda that I think that they probably paid people to carry out, but they're 
saying that masculinity is dangerous, it has to be eradicated, you know. So, I mean, if men can't be men, then you can't really have a household anymore. You can't have a family, you know, and then it's just people just dressing up whatever they want and just kind of like circus clowns, you know. Uh, 13, I guess, uh, the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick and in all matter of service in the field, all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So they worked them really hard, and um, and that's another way to kind of kill them off as well, right? With yeah. extremely hard labor, maybe they get sick, they die, whatever. Um, so they're kind of working them really hard. It kind of, we're going to see a progression of this depopulation uh, agenda. So yeah. they're kind of putting them to use at first, but it doesn't sound like they're going to live a very long time under these conditions. No, and they were in captivity for 400 years. I always wonder why God waited so long if he had that promise to enlarge them and give them their own land. So he kind of let this history happen for 400 years. Like today, I don't think that many jobs are like it was back then you know because these guys were living and they're, they weren't getting paid wages they were like taken care of by the pharaoh with their household their food everything came from pharaoh directly like they weren't no all he had to do was tighten up you know whatever the labor and stuff and the consequences for all of their home and work will all be affected at the same time but today i don't think it's quite like that you know because most people work in offices and on computers and stuff. So how could they make it any harder than it already is? Well, nowadays they don't let they just you know they don't let people work and oh, so they'll well, start starve yeah. to death. You know, it was illegal yeah. to go to work for a while. You know, they can lock know. you out of grocery stores and businesses. Yeah, and buy yeah, and yeah. yeah. We're all slaves now. We're yeah. all slaves. We're all prisoners and slaves. This thing here is the for slaves <laughs> and prisoners. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So this applies to us again, apparently. Um, all right. So, the, oh, so the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shifra, and the yeah. name of the other Pua. And he said, "When you perform the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the stools, if it is a son, then you must kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she may live." And again, the "see me on the stools" thing is—it uh, just means that's the translator's uh, interpretation, uh, their best guess. It, it means—it uh, just means look at their genitals, you know, to see if it's a son. Context, right? We got to look at the context. It's a, if it's a son, you must kill him. If it's a daughter, you know, see if it's a boy or a girl, uh, which you're not that's allowed to do. As if they were days. giving labor, though, right? Because that's the only way you can know uh, if it was a son or a daughter after they start give birth, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, if it is son. Yeah. So the only way to know if it's a son or a daughter is after the baby has born. Uh, is born. So that's what yeah. they're talking about here. So again, kill the sons, because even though they're using the, the men as slave labor, they're too much of a threat if they rise up against them. So they want to kill them, the men. And, yes. and these days, it's done through mass media propaganda, one of the ways in to feminize them, like you talked about already. Yeah, this is exactly today, they, they're trying to eradicate men. That's what I saw coming years ago. And yeah, and, they, and they also the injections, they, they can put anything they want. And they, yeah, you know, once they get the, um, and I think that's one of the things they really want to do. They've Well, they kind of they have done it, right? We were all injected as children yeah. with something, who knows what. Right. It had all kinds of side effects, and uh, but we had to do it to go to school or whatever. 
Yeah. And uh, like a good farm animal, you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, so they're going to, you know, they want to, you know, they want to set up new and new monthly or yearly injections and put whatever, and that'll uh, transform humanity into whatever they want. Well, I, I, it's like the exactly like Pharaoh's command. Like apparently one person, yeah. king of today and back then, the same can command anybody to do and carry it out for all of the population. Oh yeah. To obey the King. Yeah. yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. To obey the King and uh, regardless of it, if it was ethical or not, you know, and it's kind of same thing going on now. And also midwife, where do people have babies these days in a hospital? Yeah. Right? So, so all so the nurses and it's the, the same thing. Yeah. The nurses are now instructed to, to do, do things that thing. the, to, to that are the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing, which is yeah. they're supposed to help people. Now they're supposed to harm people. Most of them kind of went along. There were a lot that fought against it, lost their jobs, but particularly doctors. There weren't that many were fighting their careers. The doctors work for the pharma companies, basically. Yeah. And the pharma companies have these guys called sales reps who take them out to dinner and stuff. And they're the the doctors are basically um drug salesmen as well. Or they're the they're the, you know, they're the guys who uh there's this movie they're, they're, they're um, drug dealers. So. Oh yeah. There's this movie about Oxycontin. Uh, which is recent on Netflix, I think. Uh, that was the same thing that all these salespeople, like I forgot the company that made it, family company that bought out the drug company that made this one drug and they figured out how to make Oxycontin that was going to be super uh, addictive and they knew it ahead of time. And the more doses that they were increasing and there was no reason to give it out, but they use it as pain management but as soon as all those people that took it for pain management were all addicted on it, like they would go and steal it from the pharmacy because they, they, if they didn't have oh, it, yeah. you know, they yeah. would have extreme withdrawals. That was the thing that they would entice the doctors. They would go out and give them all kinds of perks and they would get money from all the sales too. So they could buy their cars, their homes, and everything was like super profitable for them. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I guess if they give into that game, then it's too late because then they're just drug pushers, you know. And then the reps go out to the doctor saying, we want you to increase uh, the dosage, the sales. So you get more dosage, the more money that you get, because it wasn't based on the number what they sold, but the dosage that they ended up getting or something like that. But it was weird because all the sales rep were like really hot looking women, young. They didn't even have to be anything. And yet they were like giving out medical information to the doctors on what to do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah They're definitely incentivized. And uh, now there's probably a few out there, but even the ones out there who didn't want to go along with the agenda were threatened with their careers and all that stuff, right? Yeah, but when it becomes life and death and you have knowledge of that, you know, is I think that has to be in their conscience somewhere that says, I won't obey well, this. Well, we'll see what the midwives do. Yeah. We'll see what, what they did. Like, think of nurses, right? Modern day, you might call right. it a nurse, right? Yeah. Um, now, I suppose, I don't know, they, they probably do have certain nurses in hospitals whose main job is to deliver babies, right? In the uh, oh, yeah. maternity ward, is that what they call right. it? Yeah. So, that's the, those are the modern day midwives, right? Yeah. So, um, all right. So, anyway, so, well, it says right here, however... The midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but kept the male children alive. So they they feared 
they they obeyed God and they did not obey the king of Egypt. Yeah, and that's, that's that, that conscious says. decision that everybody has to make in whatever we all have to make in. that now. Yeah. That's the decision we're we're for. See, yeah, that's the that's kind of like the purpose of this whole thing. This whole tribulation, I think, is to get us in that point where we have to make a choice: who are yeah. we going to obey? Who are we going to fear? We fear the consequences of, you know. Either way, you're going to have to disobey somebody. You're going to have to disobey the government or disobey God. Yeah. Who do you fear the most? Yeah, you should. Who, fear who God are you going to? <laughs> which consequences are greater? Yeah. There will be consequences either way, right? But there's yeah. consequences to disobeying the government or your employer, as I know. Yeah, as you many lose know. temporary things if you disobey the government and disobey. I mean, you could live life too. But what are the consequences of disobeying God? A lot more. I think you know you get not only get judgment, but basically you're marked for lake of fire. As, as yeah, long. eternal destruction. Yeah, or uh, whatever. Con the, the eternal consequences, everlasting consequences. Yeah, um, so I guess it's the people who don't think beyond their lifespan. You know, yeah. like they, if they disobey God and they're really worried about the consequences of their life for the next 20, 30, 40 years, they're not thinking what's that could God do anything worse for them losing their everything in their life. Can you imagine that? Is it possible to say, well, if I'm going to die and lose everything, what's the difference if God like ends yeah. up throwing me in the lake of fire too? Yeah, and like, and like there, you know, there's there's short term benefits to obeying the government. You get to keep yeah. your job, or you get to go to the store, or whatever. But there's also there's better benefits to obeying God long term. Well, eternal life. Right? Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And he has um, mercy on people that I think are not going to be taking the mark of the beast, you know, because there's not going to be all yeah. believers that say no. It'll be other people, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. All right. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and preserved the male children's lives? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives come to them. <laughs> yeah, that's clever. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Mighty. So it happened that because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Wow. See, God blessed them. They obeyed God. They feared God instead of the king. Yeah, and they were they were blessed for that, and I think that happens to us now as well. Also, you I know, think so. You might, you might lose your job, but God will uh, take care of you. Something better. That's what people got to realize in this tribulation. Now is, uh, you know, God. We're going to see more miracles. Really, you're, we're going to see God. Uh, we have to depend on God more than ever before. Yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson for us since this event, because at least I, for me, I have recognized that we're going to have to depend more on God for every little thing, because things could really change overnight. That means not only you're, I mean, I'm way beyond the job situation. I'm really looking at shelter, food, all those things that <laughs> that could potentially go away at any moment, right? If they lock you out of a bank account, if they lock you out from any sort of goods and services, 
what then? I mean, the mark of the beast, that's what it's all about. No man can buy and sell without that mark. Um, so if you can't buy and sell, you can't work, you can't have any access, and everything is be becoming electronic, where you're not even going to be able to loot the store because you're not going to be able to get in. I think at that point, we're going to be 100% reliant on God, and it carries through this story and what happens uh, with the Israelites in the desert where God provides for them. Everything. Uh, what? Uh did they have uh, food in the desert? Yeah. That, forget forget about the mana for a minute. Yeah. Was there natural? Was there natural? Did they have any natural resources at all? No. Not even water. Uh, they didn't even. Yeah. They didn't have food and water naturally, like on their own power. They yeah. they did not have. They were kicked out of civilization, which Egypt had a pretty advanced uh, civilization at that time, right? So they were kicked yeah. out. Of this, they were basically enemies of the state, kicked out and wandering in a desert with no food and no water. So, That's how did they survive? Point. Yeah, without God, they had no hope whatsoever. Um, because even like Moses had to crack the rock to get the water. So, yeah. this whole typology <laughs> really is exactly what's going to happen at the mark of the beast time frame. That's why I like the story a lot because I think. In fact, if this if I hadn't read the story of the entire Exodus, I don't think I would have had faith and trust when the hard times came. It would not have been because I knew. And in fact, I got a little lost because I was starting to prep because there were a lot of preppers talking, you know, mm. the world is going to end today. So everybody had to stock up on food and everything else. And so I did a little bit of that. And it was a good exercise. But now after I realized, like, wait a minute. None of this would matter when it's time to run <laughs> and it's time to like, when they come after you, the, the only thing that's going to matter is what happened in this story and how God provided that, That's it. There's no other way to survive. Yeah, in fact, they, yeah, they had their Passover meal and then they had to run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then God saved, God did all that. But yeah, so, uh. All right, let's, let's finish off the last verse here for this chapter. Uh, Pharaoh charged all his people saying, you must cast every son that is born into the river. So now he's talking to all the people, right? Not just the midwives. Yeah. He's expanding the propaganda. Just think if, he, you know, if, if they had TV back then, he would be giving a speech telling everyone to, you know, to go along with this agenda here. You must cast every son that is born into the river and you must preserve every daughter's life. Yeah, that's a decree. Like, what, what do they call it today? Mandates? <laughs> Man, that's a mandate right yeah. there. Yeah, right. that's a mandate. You must you cast must every son that is born into the river. Now, what happened to, later on, spoiler alert, what happened to the Egyptian firstborn sons or children? Was it the was it both men and women? They died. So that was tip yeah. of that. God took judgment on yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, but you know exactly. what? This also tells me something a little bit more epiphany, um, just reading it now. As I see, like, you know, how the governments react with such swift power and mandates to control the world. Why wouldn't they later on, let's say, mandate, because this is murder. They're asking them to kill their son. <clears throat> Every, like, babies that are just yeah. being born, right? So why wouldn't that be, like, I think that could be a future mandate, too, to kill 
Well, yeah. they have well now now they do everything more subtle. It's they call it the abortion industry. I mean, that uses propaganda. That's their you know Planned Parenthood, all this stuff. They're uh, you know they're they're definitely uh, they push their they're agendas. Well, they're not mandate. They're not like mandates, not you know. But yeah. they're like the agendas always there. Yeah, the abortion. Yeah. I I kind of kin it to the Moloch story of burning Sac- more children. of a sacrifice kind yeah. of thing. Right, but this yeah. is governmental kingly but, action. Yeah, but Planned Parenthood was a eugenics and uh, population. I think the original name was something, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something about population control. Yeah. And same with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They have these different organizations involved with population control. I don't know. I think future is going to be more scarier than we think. They, well, I think it's like, like for me, there's no difference between the future and the present. Like it's all, yeah. if something's going to happen, then in my mind, it's all, it's already happened. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's how, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if everyone thinks like that, but it's uh, like when you know what's going to happen, then it, May is already it already has happened. Oh, God, it's already it. in process. It's already yeah. happening. The, the, the under the, underneath the surface, the wheels are in motion. That's begun. I think twenty twenty. This all began in twenty twenty. Well, it's us recognizing different. it happened in twenty twenty. I think they were mm. hearing that up long before decades and decades planning. And well, it was you know, it was Bill Bill Gates's father was one of the founders of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. So yeah, he's carrying legacy. <laughs> he controls the World Health Organization with the serpent on the pole, which we're going to see in this uh, book, the serpents, right. and uh, he controls the World Health Organization, which is giving these kind of mandates that we just read about, controlling all the governments of the world. This is he's the pharaoh, and the pharaoh is an antichrist figure, as we'll see. But I think there's somebody even above him that's the pharaoh that's just using Satan. him. <laughs> Well, that, he's the ultimate (laughs) pharaoh. (laughs) But yeah, but I mean, his minions, they're still more unseen minions. Sure, sure. Yeah. There are many antichrists, as uh, John, one John says. Uh, All right, so, um, all right, so Exodus 2? Yep. The birth of Moses. All right, so now a man of the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw him, that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. So so Moses is one of these children that was supposed to be killed as a baby. Yeah. But yeah. Was not. And uh now wasn't Jesus also weren't they also trying to kill Jesus the same way? Uh, In the beginning. Yeah. Um I don't remember if they were trying to kill him as a baby. Or prevent his they were killing all the babies. Mm-hmm. They were killing all the babies. The same oh, yeah. thing. And, yeah. yeah. It was King Herod doing the same stuff, um, you know, because because they knew the Messiah was about to be born, right? The, you know, so they're like kill all the, kill all the, kill all the male babies. The same thing. King Herod is kind of a pharaoh type figure as well. Yeah, it's kind uh, of repeated over and over the same story themes. All right. Yeah, it's kind of these are kind of these are antichrist type figures, right? Yeah. Um, these are and and we're going to see later. Uh, yeah, Pharaoh's kind of represents uh, Satan, satanic. Uh, when she could no longer hide him, she took for him a container. A container isn't that usually translated ark? Ark. Maybe that's a different word. Uh, what verse is that? 
Um, There's a little thing there. It's, it's verse four. Um, that's interesting. Uh, Isn't that verse four? Four is over here. A basket. Oh, a basket. basket. I think ark. I thought it said ark. Uh, maybe that's later on. They use the word ark at some point, or that maybe it's the Hebrew word is ark. The same word used for Noah's ark. You know, you've heard that before, probably, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, maybe, I always maybe it appears wanted later. to be a basket, uh, like a wicker yeah. made out ESV of. Yeah. says basket. Made uh, made of bulrushes and daubed it with tar and, and with pitch. So it is. It's very similar to Noah's Ark kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Um, when she she then put the child in it and set it in the reeds by the river's bank. Then his sister stood. Wait, who's who's whose sister? sister. Mo Moses. Then his sister stood afar off so that she might know what would happen to him. Okay, so he had an older sister because the right. girl babies were allowed to live. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The real ones were. Not. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. But you are right that it kind of is a mimicking the story of Noah in mm. the ark. Yeah. Although this is not a boat; it's just a basket. But it yeah, well, it's same. a boat, but it's kind of a boat for the little baby, yeah, you know, right. floating on the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river while her maidens walked along by the riverside. Now, see, this is probably intentional. I don't know if it says that or not, but, or was it, you know, was it God, I guess ultimately God has kind of arranged this situation, I'd but maybe Moses's it. mother kind of knew this might be where the, you know, she put it there so that, not so that he, she's not trying to kill Moses. She's trying to save Moses, baby yeah. Moses, right? So she knows somebody at least somebody's going to find him, hoping she's hoping did somebody she finds well, him. She's hoping, but did she know? I don't know if she knew if anyone would just take the baby out of basket. I don't know what her thoughts would have been. To, yeah, like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. maybe she knew. Maybe this is the the place that the daughter of Pharaoh came every uh, every day. Maybe, I mean, or maybe she was also trusting God that he would be okay so, in the River Nile. I mean, there were like creatures in there crocodiles yeah <laughs> not a safe place to go hang out <laughs> so i think so, she would have had to trust god a lot to make sure mm. he was all right and maybe she knew the but nobody knows the mind of the daughter of the pharaoh if she would have taken the baby or not i think that god must have ordained it for her to be there at the right time and mm. hear the call and then yeah, yeah, especially Moses. Moses turns out to be a pretty important figure. So, um, yeah. chose chosen by God. Moses was uh, must have been chosen chosen by God, right? Yeah. So this whole storyline, I think God had to ordain it for everybody mm. to do their part. Yeah. See, that's interesting. Like, like he put it in Pharaoh's uh, daughter's mind to go yeah. down there right at that time. Yeah, and he also kind of want the baby because she could have said no. She could have been like, oh, yeah. well, kill the firstborn. That's Pharaoh's commands. and But she disobeyed her dad, right, to want so that. You can baby. kind of see how God works. You know, all these yeah. little little decisions, little things happen. You don't, you might not even notice God is doing all this. If yeah, I don't think any of them. part of that story. Yeah. If you're one of these people, you wouldn't know God is doing it. But all right, so the, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to, wait, the, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river while her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the container among the reeds, she sent her maid and she retrieved it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying. She had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, 
Shall I go and call for you a nursing woman of the Hebrew women so that she may nurse the child for you? So she's being uh, there. <laughs> the sister, she's she, and she calls her mom, which is yeah. also Moses' mom, right? So I wonder daughter. if the sister was following the whole time. Because how did she end up? Maybe they planned it out this way. You think? The daughter of Pharaoh came down. She saw The that. sister, yeah, see, the sister, Moses' sister is there suggesting that pharaoh's uh, daughter takes care of the baby mm -hmm. and and calls a, a hebrew midwife who happens to be moses's mother it might be a plan well here it kind of like the sister on her own took this action i don't think the mother knew but it seems like this oh yeah hard, and she know what would happen to him and she probably followed through as he was kind of yeah yeah maybe it was just maybe the sister uh it was her idea yeah thing, you know maybe um so uh and pharaoh's daughter said to her go so the young girl went and called the child's mother pharaoh's daughter said to her take this child away and nurse him for me and i will give you your wages so isn't so the that woman nice took, like the mother gets to nurse yeah. her own baby and now she gets exactly for it <laughs> so yeah it worked out quite well yeah all right so the and and the child isn't killed like it was supposed to right. be it yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is interesting how Pharaoh's own daughter disobeyed. Um, who Pharaoh's own daughter had a kind heart, but Pharaoh had a, a an evil, wicked heart, right? Yep. And it, God probably did that. Like, if, if God can harden Pharaoh's heart, then he could soften the daughter's heart. I'm thinking that's probably what happened. The plan was to have Moses grow up in the Pharaoh's household, right? He would. Yeah. And then the only way that for that to happen, if the daughter allowed to raise him as her own. Yeah, it says she took pity on him. When she saw yeah. the baby, she, you know, she empathized. Like that was a moment of, that was not a hard heart. That was a moment of, yeah, that was a godly thing, you know, Yeah, having compassion on a, on a baby. So the woman took the child and nursed him, which was Moses's own mother, right? So now the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. <laughs> wow. Okay. So so he's got two um, mummies now. He got his own mommy as yeah, caretaker, yeah. the Pharaoh's daughter. And it's kind of like Joseph in a way, too. Joseph, you know, lived in Egypt a long time as a kind of, uh, you know, protected and important person. And protected under Pharaoh himself. Yeah. Person, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like he's using the wealthy, the powerful against, he's also using God's people as protection under the same people that could hurt them and kill them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like God's plan is working despite Pharaoh's plan to, uh, yeah. you know, despite Pharaoh's evil plans, God is working his plan, which is uh, more powerful. God has the power to to overcome the plans of the wicked. Yeah, it'd be like uh, Bill Gates raising <laughs> today's version of Moses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the end. yeah, that's that true. You never know. Cool. Maybe one of these uh, these uh, children from the elite families may turn out to uh, to be a I secret so. Moses. Yeah, that would be awesome to see in our day. All right. So in those days, when Moses was grown. He went out to his brothers and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, two men of the Hebrews 
struggled with each other, and he said to him that he did that did the wrong. Why did he strike your companion? Um, he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. So I wonder why he killed the guy anyway and just didn't knock him out. Like, why was it necessary to kill him? Well, uh, let's see. Um, he I struck down the Egyptian. He's lived in Pharaoh's house all these years. Well, it's one of those things. Maybe, maybe it was, you know, was it intentional or unintentional? Or, or once he once he started attacking the guy, he realized I'm going to get in trouble, so I better shut him up by killing him, so nobody finds out. Because then at the very end, it sounds like he's he's a little bit worried that people know about it now. He didn't want people to know what he had did. So if he just beat a guy up, that guy's going to tell other people, "Hey, this guy beat me up. You know, put him in prison. Yeah, but but if you kill him, he can't talk." So maybe that's what it was. I'm sure that's what he was thinking. But like before he even killed him, it says he looked both ways and he saw no one. He saw no Yeah, he didn't want anyone to find out. Um, maybe that he before sided he with the him. Hebrews. Yeah, he sided with the Hebrews. That's, yeah. that's one of the things he didn't want people to know, maybe, that he was a Hebrew. And that I don't know if people knew he was a Hebrew or not. It sounds like he knew it. but um, Did he know it, though? Because he was raised. Well, he knew it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of his brothers, right? Um, he knew it. I think it says he knew it. Um, he 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 went out to his people. They, they're called his people. Mm. And uh, keep in mind, maybe Moses may have written this book, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so he's so, like uh, recounting his own murder. Look, 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 right. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Did he really write this book? How do we know that? Because the way it's we written, it sound like we don't know for sure. Book. I don't think we know for sure. But uh, yeah. we we will see Moses writing stuff down in this book later on. Yeah. And um, but that's that's the traditional understanding. Um, but there's a lot of books in the Bible we don't know exactly who wrote them or when. It's just the way this is written. This last two verses doesn't seem like he would write that himself. You know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe there's different parts of it were written by someone yeah. else. Uh, although who who else would have wrote this though? You know what I mean. Um, and this is probably the original audience were the possibly the the people the second generation born in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were the original people uh, who left Egypt, but then they had children in the wilderness who who never experienced this stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is this is something they could read and understand their the history. <laughs> yeah, it could have been any one of the Israelites that wrote it down. Maybe it's interesting. He doesn't say I. He doesn't use the first person pronoun like I did this oh, and I did right. that. It's, it's looked, always third. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it maybe it was um, someone else. Uh, his you know Aaron or somebody, his brother. Yeah. Um, and just the way it's written, like if you were writing this yourself, you wouldn't incriminate yourself like this. You look this way and that way, and when no, you saw no one. He killed Egyptian and hit him in the sand. I think someone else. It looks like it's it sounds kind. Of, yeah, it sounds kind of premeditated. Yeah, it is a phrase like that. Yeah, yeah, like he knew what he was going to do. So Moses was a murderer. Yes, he was. So you know, even though he's like this great man, the great Moses. Yeah. Um, he killed the guy. He's a murderer. Have you noticed? Like most of them have done some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's for sure yeah something uh i think that's intentional just to show that they're not perfect that yeah. they're all uh part of they have this corrupt 
corrupted human nature. Uh, yeah, and God had plans for Moses all along, but I don't know if he knew that he was going to be a murderer. Do you think he knew that? God? Yeah. Well, this this event set up a chain of events that were that, yeah. that became important. But here's another another one of those things where like, oh man, you just murdered a guy and now people know about it. You think it's like the end, right? I'm yeah. doomed. I'm going to go to prison. Yeah. But that's that's part of the story. So we have this um you know, with this this moment of uh, conflict and tension, it's like in a movie. It would be like the end of the first act, maybe, yeah. Where there's that decisive moment where everything changes, and then it sets the uh, exciting part uh, in motion. Mm. Where he's on the run, he's an enemy of the state now. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> At least he's got the escape. I don't know about the future, Moses. All um, right. All right. Uh, so Moses flees to Midian. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing. He sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he dwelled by a well. So wait, so Moses, so Pharaoh's daughter, so Pharaoh would have basically been his grandfather, more or less, right? Socially. Yeah, and that's the other weird thing, too. Like, okay, he killed one of the companions, whatever. That's enough for Pharaoh as a grandfather to say, yeah, let's just kill him because he just killed a guy. Like, that's weird, too. Like, he did, he never loved, had any uh, love you know yeah 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 we don't we don't really hear too much about their relationship yeah directly you know what i mean maybe yeah who knows maybe pharaoh probably he probably had a lot of different wives and grandchildren and children and all that kind of stuff yeah but he was ready to kill him just like that yeah well he i mean justice had to be done and he, he was probably worried about what everyone else thought about he probably could have covered it up though if he wanted to right but there's a there was witnesses it sounds like somebody knew about it and um you know he had to think yeah, about his um, own reputation why because his commandment ruled the day and he commanded everybody to kill all the babies the firstborn so he committed <laughs> ton of murders right yeah so what difference does it make if moses kills somebody when he's already used to killing all the hebrew males that's the part like it's, it's too quick to say well he, he killed an egyptian you're not supposed to kill the egyptians so he has right. some reverence for egyptian being killed oh. like a rule of law yeah all yeah, rule yeah. of law if he wants to kill the he's entire a king of egypt yeah he's he's yeah. the king of egypt and um yeah because you know he didn't like the hebrews there were there were not egyptians so he's, Which he's means he was to, allowed uh, to kill as many. So if he had killed another Hebrew, nothing would have happened to him. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. That would be a good thing <laughs> <laughs> for him. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he dwelled by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs of to uh to water their father their father's flock. The, then shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. So there's another women at the women at the well. The well kind of thing yeah, and so he, he, I mean, it's them. it's interesting. He went to the well. I guess you know, yeah, he's thirsty. He needs water. Maybe he's also trying to find a woman. <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> That's he where you go them. to find women. That's for all the single guys out there. Just go find a well, and the women will come. Yeah, it'll work better than the dating apps. <laughs> um, so when they came to Re, uh, Ruel, their father, he said, why is it you have come back so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivers, delivered us 
out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water for us and watered the flock. So they call Moses an Egyptian right there because mm -hmm. he probably looks like one, the way he dresses and whatever, even the okay. way he speaks, right? He would agree. He, he was a whatever language that I think it was, they call it Coptic, don't they? The uh, whatever language he was speaking, the Egyptian language. Yeah. I don't think the Israelites knew him as a Hebrew. I think he probably looked no, like No, probably Egyptian. not. Yeah, yeah, they probably didn't yeah. know. They, but he, yeah. I think Moses knew he was a Hebrew because he because he did grow, he was, you know, because of his mother. He right. spent time with his mother. She may have told him stuff. She um, could have, but as after a young baby. she raised him as her own, I'm not sure. Because when you start saying, I raise him as my own child, like, it's one thing, like, if you're adopted and you tell them that they're adopted, but once people used to like take other people's babies as their own, meaning that they would never know the difference. So to him, she would have been his real birth mother. So I'm not sure if he really knew that, that he was a Hebrew. Unless in the household, they made it known that he's a Hebrew, but then she had to hide that from the Pharaoh anyway, because his command was to kill all the Hebrew sons. Yeah, unless unless this was an exception, uh, but but why did he kill the Egyptian guy though? Why did that upset him so much? I think he yeah. had compassion on the slaves. You know, the, I don't think he knew yeah. it was his people or anything. I, I think, think so. I think strong. I think he knew he was a Hebrew. It kind of says that. I mean, the the Does obviously the, the writer knows. Yeah, whoever wrote this knew knows what's going on. But yeah, did I guess it's not a hundred percent clear. But um, I think so because it says um, it says uh, he known? went out to his people. He went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of one of his people. So uh, yeah, obviously the writer knows that um so it's not a hundred percent clear i think you could go either way it is it is quite well, possible the only reason i'm thinking he, he might not have known is because if pharaoh knew he would have killed him so pharaoh thinks that the maybe maybe the but daughter. it's his daughter but his yeah. daughter he may have had compassion on his daughter you know his daughter chose to raise the baby so he's not just gonna kill his daughter's baby now like his daughter's like oh look at this little baby i want to raise I this baby this and then, then her father's gonna be like no we're gonna kill him you know well if that was the case then that's what i'm saying he would not have ordered him to die as soon as he found out he killed somebody if it was like mm. a belief that this is my daughter's son grandson so i think yeah, but he did commit a crime he murdered somebody yeah. which is a serious crime he he murdered an egyptian you know, he. You can murder. You know, you. It's the way it always is. You can kill people in warfare, or if the king commands you to kill people, then it's legal. <laughs> yeah. But just on your own volition, going out and killing someone like that. Um, can't do it. That's that's illegal. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it'll so, tell us later if he knew or well, not. It's a, yeah, it's a bit unclear. I mean, there's it's, it's kind of speculation. We can only really speculate. Yeah. On some of these things, their 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 motivations, right? We don't know what was going on inside their head. No, sometimes. but we do know that he had empathy for the hardship mm -hmm. they suffered, and then that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. So was it because he just had empathy for people in general, or did he know that those were his people? That's the question. Right. I think it was empathy, like. Wouldn't you, like, if you saw somebody was about to die or get beaten to death, like, you might take action on your own mm. to help that person, right? Yeah, reg regardless of who it is. Yeah. Uh, in Egyptian. Okay, verse 20, he said to his daughter, so where is he and why is it 
that you have left the man, call him so that he may eat bread. Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. Then she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. In the passing of time, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God on account of their bo the bondage, slavery, maybe. All right, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked on the children of Israel, and God had concern for them. Wow, we kind of finished early. I'm now wanting to get to what was happening to him. Well, that's um, but but again, that's if you, those last uh, three verses there are pretty important, right? And that's something yeah. we can do ourselves when we're under this slavery and this tyranny. And and um, in fact, it, because of their bondage, other translations do say slavery. That uh, we cry out to God. That's something we have to do, right? And oh, then God right? hears yeah. our groaning. Yeah. So I think I think. Maybe that's part of the deal, you know, like this, we think about the second coming, the second coming of Christ. We, I that think before that, we have to cry out for it. Yeah. We have to ask for it. I think right. that it's going to get severe. The tribulation is going to be so bad. That will be <laughs> like this time where they're going to cry out to God. You yeah. Know, the, the, yeah. The, the tribulation was so bad, nothing like it before and nothing like it after. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine yeah. that's why God had to come back because no one's going to be left. He had to cut and the time short. Yeah. And another thing, too, about so they're, the Israelites are slaves. And then later on, you know, God rescues, rescues them from that slavery. But after that, does he just say, okay, now you're free. Just go off and do your own thing now. I saved you from that slavery in Egypt. Now just be on your way and no. enjoy your freedom. <laughs> that's not what happened right what yeah. I, th I think another way to look at this what happened is they were supposed to change they changed their servitude from yeah. pharaoh to god there yeah. was kind of like yeah. like like doesn't paul say we're slaves to righteousness or we're slaves to christ we were slaves to sin yeah right we're slaves to sin and now we're slaves to christ and there's no third option. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good to yeah. notice that because they were never really set free, except so they had to choose who they were going to serve. And I think that's yeah. one of the verses, like, you choose whom you're going to serve today. So it's kind of yeah. like he, and he waited 400 years to do anything for them. So why did he allow them? To, is it just to maybe have them experience? The population uh, growth. Yeah, but he, they would have grown even without slavery no, there, well, there, well there was well no the, the slavery had to happen so the exodus could happen well yeah to, that's to free someone from go. slavery they first have to be slaves <laughs> yeah i think they were made slaves so they could tell the difference of whom they were going to be serving oh that's a good point yeah 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 exactly kind of like us yeah you got to <laughs> serve somebody right even bob said that yeah <laughs> You know, but there's no third. See, we all want the third option. We like, right. oh, I don't want to be a slave to the king, but I don't want to be a slave to God either. I'm, I'm, I'll be my own. I'll do my own thing. Just leave yeah. me alone. I'll be a good person and I'll do some new age stuff and I'll be spiritual. That's what everyone wants today, right? It's like, no, there's only two options. It's yeah. slaves to slave and it's slaves to sin. And, and I guess in part of that is slave to the government, but we're slave to Christ. 
Either way, we're slaves. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> one, they both provide. So Pharaoh provided for his slaves and God provided mm. for his people. It's the same thing. But they, they also have uh, discipline as well yeah. and judgment. I mean, right. God is pretty pretty strict sometimes. He's merciful, but he's 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 a bit strict at times when he when he kills people for disobeying him. But it seems see. like <laughs> the whole humanity from Adam, the very first human, there was no way you had to be connected to God or you connected to. That's the image of God. See, part of the being created in the image of God, it's not just what we look like or what we are. It's our job yeah. duty as well. We're supposed to do certain things. I think that's probably the best lesson to learn out of this is that we only have two choices. Uh, who are we going to serve? And are we really going to recognize slavery? Like the things that happen to them, maybe they don't look as bad as back then. But I think we're still under that slavery right now yeah 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 it's it's similar to you know the roman whether it's roman empire or egypt it's becoming a lot more like egypt i mean they have the obelisk thing they have yeah. egyptian religious statues in front of the white house and they always do these egyptian things all the time and it's like you know there's a certain spirit that's still going on this this uh, you know this pharaoh type mentality is still exists today um you well, know uh, they may even be direct blood descendants of the pharaoh or the roman uh, emperors or whatever you know uh, well i was thinking if, like the you know these antichrist type figures that keep wanting to control the world themselves as one person one world <laughs> thing they're trying to be pharaoh basically they want that yeah, control. yeah. Yeah, and to be able to say, okay, if you want to, you know, I'm going to kill all these people today because of this or whatever. Like, I think that's what it's ultimately going to come down to, and then people are just going to accept it. And only like the ones that rejected the command, like the midwives, that's what we're going to see. The ones that are going to end up rejecting the future. Yeah, and then we, God. and then you know, the Pharaoh believed um, he was either either he was a descendant of the gods or or a god himself you know he was god he he was the image of god himself in in the egyptian yeah. religious mindset the pharaoh was the human image of god on earth i think they worshiped pharaohs yeah yeah he was a god yeah. he was he was you know he was the god on earth so uh, and that comes into play later on in exodus where you kind of see the battle of the gods you know yeah. um the showdown with the, with the sorcery and the sorcery is pharmakia yeah. So you have the pharmacia, the magic. Is, yeah, is, uh, there's a good video Egyptian. on the sorcery that they did compared to, like, there's Ooh. street musicians now that do some wild things that look like sorcery. They don't look like magic. There were this, I did a video on where these street musicians, like in China and other places, they were creating bread out of thin air, food that, you know, went in one fruit to another fruit like crazy stuff like miraculous stuff like creating you know how jesus created many fish and loaves out of the basket out of few that's the yeah. kind of stuff that you see today with these street magicians so really? i compare that with like what street magicians are doing today and what sorcerers were doing in this book <laughs> to kind of show that there huh. is sorcery going on right now and it wasn't just in exodus um yeah. It's uh, false signs and wonders. Yeah. Well, we finished wow. for today, and then next time we'll pick up 
what happens to Moses, which kind of left it at a bad cliffhanger because I was really kind of. Well, we got the burning yeah. bush. We, we kind of yeah. do have a, next, a, new, a new chapter, a, a new, uh, it is kind of a new chapter next time. So it is a good place yeah. to start. This is kind of the introduction to this, the, the stages, the story, the setting has been established, the background, and then we're going to see what happens next. And we, then Yahweh comes in the picture, you know, the burning bush. Yeah, and, I'm excited uh, to see that one because um, his face that, starts to glow. Yeah, yeah. Moses starts to become, uh, see, up till this point, he's kind of just uh, some guy, you know. Yeah, well, he's, he's a murderer the, right now. <laughs> yeah. He's in exile. Yeah, he's a yeah. murderer in exile. He's on the run. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to see him be, uh, we're going to see God uh, using him to do his uh his purposes more miraculous things amazing supernatural stuff all the plagues which i wonder if they're going to be repeated like that again um but that'll be exciting okay um, all right thanks a lot thank you bye See you next time yeah right. bye, bye.